Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. It must be annihilated. Send Rick and Daddy on war rocket Ajax. In 2013, Ming the Merciless, ruler of the known universe, declares the Earth to immediate termination. To accomplish this awesome decree, Rick and Danny are dispatched to the planet on War Rocket Ajax. The two encountered something they never thought they'd find, though. Movies. Stalled in their given task, Rick and Denny comb the movies of the Earth, sending reports of their greatness back to Mungo in what is now called the Hail Ming Power Hour. Welcome back. Let us be the first to welcome you for the first time, really, to War Rocket Ajax. You're seeing the insides as we speak. So congratulations on that. Uh, If you're just listening to the podcast, you're missing the great stuff. So make sure you go and check it out. But we are here to bring back some hell mean power hour into your life. And not only myself, Rick, one of your hosts, but I got my brother with me. Mr. Danny Bennett, what's up, man? That's right. Um, Rick and I are here to show you War Rocket Ajax and all the splendor. You know, you can see it inside and you can hear, you know, the, the bleeps and now you can't hear any of that. But if you were to watch, you could see them because we have all that set on silent mode so that it doesn't cut into our recording session. And uh, I tell you what, for one, I am excited to bring you back and, uh, you know, just to 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 give this a, a christening worth doing. We're going to talk about one of our favorite movies. Robin Hood? The, missed the first. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> of course. Hail Ming. You know, I'm talking about Zorro, the gay blade, man. Yes. Hail Ming. Yeah. We're it not talking about that today, but we great. will be talking about it. It's a fantastic movie. And um, actually we're, we're here to talk about um, one that we missed the first time. How do we miss this the first time around? You know what? I, we we started looking at making another list. I'm like, how did we miss all these? You know, how did we jump to Rawhead Rex and, and we missed some of these other ones? That's true. You know, I thought you were going to jump in on my choices, which some of them were sketchy. Uh, I'll I'll give you that. But Rawhead Rex definitely made its way in somehow, <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure how that how happened. <laughs> oh, so yeah, this is going to be great. Great to be back. We got a lot of new stuff for you, the different stuff for the show. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But I did want to say real quick, uh, this is the first time coming back since uh, we've we've lost Johnny Crew, my my partner on on Short Bus Cinema, uh, Pioneer. 
podcaster. I mean, he's one of the people that we listened to early on when we were putting this show together and we really admired his style of editing and just how quirky, quirky and quick witted he was. And he got to come on the show and do some shows with us here. And, and, uh, we just became big buddies really fast. So man, we're, we're going to miss him for sure. And, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sad day in the podcasting world. It is that. And as many of you know, uh, it's a pretty tight knit community. So I know most of you listening, we're familiar with him either from his show or from ours or, or you had a guest spot for him available. Mm-hmm. If you are struggling like he was, you know, the, we're all there for you. You know, he had people that were willing to, to be there for him. And unfortunately um, he struggled with it until it overcame him. Yep. Reach out for help. Absolutely. And we'll help you if you need help because yep. it's, it's a tragedy and he'll be missed. Yep. So yeah, just keep that in mind is hell Ming is here for you. So don't forget that. For that being said, we're going to go away. (laughs) (laughs) What were you saying? I was just going to say we're here for the entire earth. It's right behind us. Yeah. So until we blow you up, we're here for you. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. It's not personal. We'll be right back, people. to you by Anaconda Malt Liquor. Anaconda gives you gives you what? And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! This is Michael Caine, award-winning film actor you may know from such cinematic achievements as A Muppet's Christmas Carol and Jaws for the Revenge, where I played a character named after a fucking sandwich. I approve of the following promotional message. Do you like movies? Well, of course you do, you silly twit. You're listening to a movie podcast right now. Do you like podcasts about movies? I mean, if you're listening to this, your life is empty and without direction. So of course you do. Why not continue the spiral downwards with They must be destroyed on sight! Yet another semi-regular podcast about film that will occupy some of that empty space in your soul. We cover every genre, but focus on a lot of obscure and cult films with a leaning towards exploitation. If you want a podcast that's going to talk about a silent film from the 1920s one week and a sleazy biker film from the the 1960s the next, and then back to something like Singing in the Rain, the next episode. They must be destroyed on sight! Maybe for you. So tune in and join regular hosts Lee Russell, Daniel Hopper, Paul Romali, and Lee Hardy, as well as the odd guest hosts at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you, drive through. Okie people, here we are. We are back, and we're going to talk about the 1988 They Live. Super classic, uh, super relevant for today. It's got, it's got one of those premises that could, could be interjected anytime you have society kind of going a little cattywampus. Yeah, without a doubt. Speaking of cattywampus. I was. <laughs> Speaking of cattywampus, to give us the synopsis. The president of the time that this came out, well, I don't know. He was winding it up, I believe. 
Reaganomics yeah. was coming to an end, right? So here's Ronald Reagan. Hello. Uh, th- this is number 40, old uh, uh, Ronald Reagan himself. And uh, yeah. I wanted to come on and uh, talk about the economy. What? what? Not talking about the economy. Uh, uh, the movie? What movie? I've never seen that movie. <laughs> Just make it up. Okay. They Live, uh, a great film about uh, bubblegum. I love to chew bubblegum. And in this movie, they all run out of bubblegum. And and they got to go back in time. And it stars uh, wrestler Roddy Piper. And, and he, he's got this magic kilt that allows him to travel back in time. And he'll play his little bagpipes and his little wrestling buddies will come like Andre the Giant and, and Junkyard Dog and, and Coco Beware. And they'll go back in time and try and find out what happened to all the bubblegum. And uh, they end up at a baseball game and they like baseball and they like bubblegum. So they invent Big League Chew. Yes. Oh, it's such a great film. A great movie from 19. 19- 82 starring all of these great wrestlers as they go back in time to discover what happened to all the oh. bubblegum. <laughs> he about got it. You know, I knew that he was into jelly beans. I, I didn't realize he was also into bubblegum, but you learn something new every day. I think I missed junkyard dog being in this though. I, I think I saw him. Maybe. I mean, you know, he, it was definitely his aesthetic. But we'll talk about that. Like, <laughs> oh, Ronnie. Uh, hey, it was more accurate than I would have come up with. So that's pretty good. <laughs> Ronnie James Reagan. Ronnie James Reagan. <laughs> Tell me. Movie, movie, movie magic, movie magic. <laughs> Happy accidents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what we didn't say, though? We got a new motto around here, which goes like this. You can count on my stool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we we've um, we've moved away from actual movie quotes and we've kind of re-engineered movie quotes into other quotes that we actually <laughs> made up while we were talking about movie quotes and maybe filming in a trailer. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah. you Let's say that one more time. You can count on my stool. Stool. <laughs> the echo at the end. <laughs> I, do, I don't know what it's supposed to mean, but it's funny. Oh. All right, man. Let's get going. Danny, what's your number one reason for watching They Live? Well, you know, They Live is is a is a bonkers masterpiece that, that's based on a sci-fi premise. And and John Carpenter does what John Carpenter does. He makes a movie, gets in, he gets back out. And the whole time, it looks like you should be following Guy, Hagar, and Cody through the streets of Final Fight, man. <laughs> <laughs> so my first reason is the aesthetic. You know, you got railroad tracks and alleyways and Roddy Piper wearing some some blue jeans that stay clean no matter what. I don't know, man. I noticed because I, I viewed it again, but I think his jeans are just dirty the whole time. And you just they never change. They're just dirty uh, to an 80 standards. They're dirty How about that. Oh, yeah. And I'm, yeah, you're right. How about this mullet? It is. It is a fantastic mullet. 
<laughs> it goes it goes from 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 it, it's almost party in the front and the back yeah he's got it going on for sure man it's yeah. feathered <laughs> but yeah I, I think you know the like you're saying the aesthetic of the thing the 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 streets the nastiness showing you that side of you know because you've got the 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 opposite with showing all the glamour and stuff on the tv but reality it's nasty dirty yeah. and i just wonder if he could just go shoot this stuff and not have to have a permit <laughs> yeah yeah i think there was definitely some let's make use of these places kind of things going on there um from the homeless settlement to the underground bunker yeah. of the aliens they were definitely using as much as they could of you know free or limited resources absolutely my first reason is gonna be the first revelation that Roddy Piper has when he puts on the glasses that just kind of takes you into this tailspin of craziness. Uh, it seems like it takes a long time for it to build up to it, but when it does, it's 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 iconic. I agree. I mean, that, that's when you talk about they live. That's what you talk about. You talk about Roddy Piper at that newsstand. He puts on those glasses, and suddenly he sees this. Uh, you know, reality behind the the mask, you know, behind the the hologram or whatever it is that these aliens are using to control us, and it's a it's a world of you know this just uh well it's in black and white again probably yeah. for budgetary reasons and and everything around him is just you know reproduce you know this is your god uh, all those things that that control us whether we know it or not right right yeah I mean just and and uh, we talked about this before but. I resisted watching this movie because we just got off of Big Trouble in Little China with with that and uh, Prince of Darkness as well. But I think I didn't want to see this because of Roddy Piper, you know. Uh, but but yeah, when, I, yeah. when I look at it, because I hated it, right? Bad guy in wrestling. It's just I hated that guy. And, of course, you were supposed to. And I'm thinking, you know, I rode that roller coaster of coming out of WWE – I kind of lost interest in it because it was getting too big, right? You had yeah. cartoons on Saturday morning. This is your age group. This is right where yep. you were. It was. So it was the big deal. And for me, I'd already kind of got past that. So for a wrestler to be in the movie, I was like, meh. But hello, wrestling is acting. <laughs> it's true. But I mean, to your point, your wrestling was getting a little too big for its britches, maybe. You know, like I, like you said, there's a there's an age gap between us and the I don't know the cartoonish element of the whole character driven drama that that WrestleMania had maybe appealed to me a little more because you know I was a kid and I was I wouldn't say I believed it, but I yeah. probably believed it more than I would have been able to five years after you know where it's kind of like. Sure. This is just ludicrous. And, you know, like I said, when you turn it into terms of cartoons on Saturday morning, it really becomes a little too big. And I can yeah. see why it would be turning you off. And, and it was turning Roddy Piper off. That's why he was trying to find a way out. And right. uh, he, he managed his way into this movie career. Well, and again, I was 18 years old when this came out. So, you know, 16, 17 years old, I was just losing interest. I was more into rock and roll, you know. So, but yeah, man, it, but in hindsight, when you look at it now, he's perfect for the role. He is absolutely perfect in this role because he shows this sense of patience that that Keith David does not have. No. You know, 
And that's why they work so well together. I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but I don't know. It, when it comes down to it, he's the perfect guy for this role. I think we can assume anybody who's watching this is a fan of They Live Already. Uh, yeah. We're not giving anything away. And and the only things that are really reveals are are pretty much the central plot points of the movie. And there's nothing hidden about them. It's just when do you get to see them with your own eyes or through his eyes, you know? Um, But I'll I'll go back to formula. And the next reason I've got to watch it is, is the wall-eyed preacher. Yeah. The, uh, the, the blind uh, preacher who's given the the sermon on the steps of the municipal building. Uh, There are people um, around. It's kind of like you ever seen that, uh, that uh, anti-Nazi film where the guys out there, you know, preaching to, mm-hmm. to the group and they're like, Oh yeah, we, we don't like those people who don't look like us, you know? And he's like, and it's all about racism. What this guy's in that same spot talking to a group of people about how they're controlling us. And, and, and it's a, right. he, he's the first introduction. And of course, everybody thinks he's crazy. And also the cops come haul him away at the end. Mm-hmm. He's part of the control. He's part of it. Right. Yeah. And, and just, his role throughout, right? Because you're a little scared of him at first. You're a little yeah. wacky. Then he approaches Roddy Piper and feels his face. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, all that stuff is weird. But then when you see him in the alleyway getting beat by the cops, you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not necessarily a likable guy, but that's because he's, he knows the truth and that makes him a little unhinged. Right. Speaking of unhinged. My next one is the guy with the goatee at the end of the show that shows him everything. He was one of the, the guys. <laughs> he's one of the guys at the homeless you know, place there for so long, watching TV yep. so much. And now he's like, hey, you want to see how things work? Just come on down here. Well, that's about as far as I can go show you. You know, <laughs> hey, he's wearing a tuxedo and sipping champagne. And, you know, I, he's he's an example of what they're talking about with this society where while he's in the homeless camp, he's like, I wish they'd stop showing these because they, they packed into the, the broadcast and they're trying to tell people the truth and it makes everybody's head hurt. And he's like, I wish they'd quit doing this. I could just want to watch my TV shows. Right. He's, he's just wanting to forget about how terrible life is and, and watch the TV so that he can forget about it. And they're trying to tell him the truth and he just doesn't want to hear it. When he does learn the truth, he uses it to his advantage to, to, to forget about it in another way. Yeah. To take the buyout, to sell out his own people, right? Right. All right, Danny, what's your next one? Uh, my next reason is they live, we sleep. Yeah. Right. The written. So Roddy Piper blows into town, gets a job shoveling some sand, uh, meets Keith David. And then uh, he ends up living in this homeless encampment next to a church. The church is where the uh, the resistance is broadcasting out about the uh, the aliens. He figures that out, and in the basement on the wall, they've got written in huge block letters. It says, "They live, we sleep," which of course comes from the. It probably comes from the short story that the whole thing's based on, but it's yeah. the premise of the movie. And um, again, th- these are the stark things that make us remember this movie fondly because it's just such a. It, it, the the premise is hammered home so well. All yeah. the images in it are just uh, just super iconic. Yeah, and I, I love the fact of when they get raided at the church, and he goes, you know, Roddy Piper's the one that sees that written on the wall, and when they go back later, it's been painted over. So yeah. it was that important to get rid of that saying on the wall, right. even though they came in destroyed everything they were doing in there. That was still important to get rid of that. 
where they were they were broadcasting the uh, the message on TV and they were making the sunglasses that that showed the truth. Yeah, they were doing all that stuff. But yeah, they also had to make sure that all the propaganda was up off the wall. Um, and yeah, it, it's just a cool premise. You know, it's one it of really those things is. that. And you know, Lois said, "Well, we're watching it." Maybe it could be remade, and, and, I, and I normally shy away from those things, but it probably wouldn't be bad if they yeah. did. I mean, as, as long as they didn't go too far off the rails. Yeah, and it, it it's that thing, too, of you could take away too much of what makes it so powerful, though, right? And I think it's something that happens a lot is we get wrapped up into new effects, things like that, that we yeah. we forget the real message behind of what we're trying to come across with and why it's a classic to begin with. So yeah, man, that goes along with my next one, which is the lady on TV. That's obsessed with being famous. Right. Right. Oh, and just to, I would live forever and I'd be on TV and you know, it's, and I've just got to be on TV. Right. And look at us. That's where we are now. I mean, hello, it's what we're doing right now. <laughs> we're in a spaceship. It's totally different. It's totally different. Totally spaceship. Different. We're not like those other a-holes. That's right. <laughs> you can count on my stool. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but it's so funny. Um, yeah, I mean, well, of course, we're not like those other guys because, you know, we're not in a closet or a bedroom. We're in a spaceship. That's what I'm going to keep going back to. Spaceship. I'm in a wheelchair. Oh, not in a wheelchair. So, All right, man. Yeah, it's a short one. It's just a lady on TV that just it's really capturing where we are now in our society. I mean, it's that's where everybody wants. They want their 15 minutes of fame, but they want them right now. Well, and, and I read an article not too long ago about a uh, about a, a psychological uh, condition where people had kind of the Truman Show uh delusion where they felt like they were on a TV show or they felt like they needed to be on a TV show or they felt like they were being filmed. Yeah. And I think it, like I said, it's a lot of what we're going through now as a society. It's so easy to get your image put out there a hundred times or a hundred thousand times that everybody kind of has this fame fixation. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going to say this one, Frank played by Keith David <laughs> He throws Roddy Piper's first week's uh, wages right in the box, man. Yeah, so he does. Roddy Piper's got this box <laughs> from the trash. It's full of the sunglasses. He's like, here, man, put these on. He's like, and, and for some reason, Keith David is not going to put on some sunglasses. Maybe, you know, maybe he already can't see very well or something. But uh, he says, here, here's your first pay. And he chucks this little money clip of, of cash. Probably... 12 feet straight yeah. into the box that Roddy Piper's holding. Yeah, man. It's awesome. It's that's talent. And it's right. It's all in the same shot. It's yeah. not like they cut. It's like, he just flicks it. And I bet it was a happy accident. It was probably supposed to land on the ground and they just kept it. Cause it was too awesome. Not to. Yeah, man. He just flings it like a ninja star and he just goes <laughs> right in there, man. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it wasn't like he was holding the box for him to like put it in either. I mean, the box was just hanging down. It's like, yeah, Stook. it's just hanging down there. And, you know, maybe, maybe Keith David, uh, Keith David is a ninja. <laughs> wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't doubt it one bit. Well, I mean, since we're already here, I mean, this is further down the list, but really it's the number one reason. Yeah. It's, it's the fight, man. It's the, the fight. fight. 
that's what everybody knows about this movie. There's there's about two or three things that you walk away from this movie that's the iconic things and the fight, man. I mean, they are throwing down just to put on some sunglasses, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it becomes F you. I'm not putting on those sunglasses. <laughs> put on the sunglasses or go down, man. It's back and forth. And we had the uh, the unique ability to go to uh, a, a convention where they're having a they live um, reunion. And we got to hear Roddy Piper and Keith David talk about this fight. Yeah. And, uh, Keith was in and out of the room. And when he left one of the times, Roddy Piper looked at everybody and said, man, that guy, he says he's not going to really hit you, but he really hit me every time. You know, apparently they, they determined that they could hit each other in the body, but not the face. And according to Roddy Piper, um, Keith, they would just lay it into him every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was one of the best interviews I think we've ever seen as far as a panel like that. It was awesome. It was pretty good. Those two. And then Meg Foster sitting over there doing her thing. Mm, doing, doing her thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, the fight is iconic. It goes on forever. And it, it just watching it again. I mean, just, oh man, you know how you planned all that out even the part where he gets him in the headlock and Roddy Piper picks him up and then he kicks off the wall and knocks them both back on the ground <laughs> and and then there's a point where uh, where you know Keith David gets gets angry oh, oh it's because uh Roddy Piper picks up that board and slings it and he breaks the the rear window I suppose of, of Frank's car I didn't see him drive up in it but it obviously was because they go, Oh, I'm sorry, man. He's still <laughs> laughing about it. And Keith David, you know, smashes a bottle, like I guess to cut him with it, and it just completely shatters in his hand. He's got nothing there. And, and then uh, Riley Piper kind of laughs at him, right? He's right. like, ah, I mean, and then all of a sudden he just tackles him and starts beating the crap. You could tell, <laughs> you could tell that some of it was choreographed and some of it they were just riffing. And the yeah. whole fight is what? It's like three minutes long. It's incredible. it takes forever. Yeah, yeah. But you know that. If you've watched this movie, you know that. If you haven't watched it, I'm telling you, you're going to walk away going, <laughs> wow. I mean, it's it's incredible. So, yeah, what you got? Well, um, so my next. We're kind of jumping around. That's sure. good. That's good. I'm going to say the bubblegum line. As, yeah. You know, so while we're going with the iconic things, you know, there's a, a line. Roddy Piper. He he's revealed the truth. He's not subtle about it. He just walks around yelling at people, pointing in their face. Well, what's up with your face, man? You know, like not subtle. Goes into a bank, has a shotgun. I'm not sure how this all breaks down. Come to think of it, I need to rewatch it again. Wait a minute. Um, he is the, it's the two cops out in the alleyway. He fights the two right. cops. He does. He shoots a cop. Yeah, right there. And then he gets the the shotgun out of the the cop car and then he just decides to go in a bank <laughs> yeah and he's looking from person to person you're regular you're one of them you know and they're like oh we got one that can see you know real yeah. conspiratorial creepiness and uh and he walks into the room and he says i'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and i'm all out of bubble gum right for and it's a line man yeah it's a line yeah i don't know why he says it he just had it. He had it as a as a bunch of things that he was going to use in the ring and never got a chance to. So just jump in with it when you're a movie star. Yeah, I mean it, it's and you can tell he when he walks in he looks around the people and he can see they're shocked at him. He kind of does this ah, kind of thing like I've got them. 
So I might as well do something quirky here, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's, and I guess that's it. It's just uh, Nada, who does not have a name and is listed as Nada, yeah. um, is kind of the, the, he's the worst person to get this information because he's got no future anyway. Yeah. So he might as well go down guns blazing. And it's weird too, because again, that contrast of him having the patience till you get to kind of this point, but all before that dealing with being homeless and jumping from job to job and not having anything. And right. he's surrounded with people that are all irritated because this is the life they've been handed. And he's like, it'll all work out. You just got to give it time, you know, and for him to turn the switch and become this guy, I mean, he becomes the, like you said, the wrong person to give this information because right when you ain't got nothing, you got nothing to lose. That's absolutely it. So, all right. What, what's your reason? My reason? You kind of brought it up. I kind of like the, the wristwatch tech. We've got <laughs> one that can see. <laughs> Again, you got the budget, you know, the budget <laughs> thing going. It's like, it looks like a regular watch. That's why it doesn't have anything real special about it. But sometimes they can disappear. Yeah. You can make them disappear. You can make a hole show up in the middle of a floor and you can drop down through concrete ceilings. And yeah, man. And it, and it looks just like a regular watch. Yeah. Keeps a keeps it takes a lick and keeps on ticking. I wonder if it told time. It probably told time in, in several planets. <laughs> Very possible. But yeah, even even the bearded dude there at the end's got one. See you later, fellas. Pink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. They gave them to him, so they must not have been all that rare. Yeah, they must just have them hand out to everybody. So, all right, what you got next? Well, next I've got a I've got a Rachel Foster uh, hitting Roddy Piper with a wine bottle and kicking his ass out of a three-story window onto the the hills of los angeles rachel foster meg foster not <laughs> rachel foster she could have done it but sure. it wasn't on camera when that happened so yeah meg <laughs> foster uh, he he uh he does the very commando thing jumps in the car with her just go you know and she takes him to her house because that's what you do and unhinged gun-toting madmen jump in your car right and um you know, inside, he's like, look, I'm just going to close my eyes for a minute. That's the wrong thing to do because she, she's got that wine bottle and just smash and then throw him out the window. And, I, you know, you can assume at that point she's just yeah, done, you know, like is what's going to happen now? He's probably dead. Yeah. Yeah. He goes <laughs> rolling down that hill. That's one of those <laughs> scenes, too. Again, watching it today. I mean, I'm all smiles because I know it's coming <laughs> up, you know, Yeah, because it's so perfectly timed when they do it. And, you know, one of my reasons is uh, how about Meg Foster acting like a normal human being in this movie? Because <laughs> when we met her, man, there's there's two weirdos that we've seen at these conventions. And the other one was Gary Busey. Yeah. So that's the kind of company you're keeping with when you say uh, Meg Foster and Gary Busey were the weirdest people we've seen. And she was a space cadet, dude. And she's pretty out there. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's a recent thing or not. I haven't seen too many interviews with her when she was younger, but yeah. she definitely was, was, um, was a little out there. Yeah. So, but you folks will find out later on, cause we're actually going to have an interview right here on war rank at Ajax 
with Meg Foster. She's coming up in a little bit, folks. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to have her, and you know, hopefully, we can uh, we can get some answers out of her as to, to what's going on. And hopefully, she don't watch this podcast so she don't hear us talking all this stuff about her either. Hey, she's probably too busy. She's still Maybe. working, still working. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's pretty uh, collected in this movie, man. I mean, even she just she just got you know, manhandled by this guy, taken up to her room, bashed him over the head, knocks him out the window, and she calls the cops and's like, no, I'm all right. I'm okay. Yeah, everything's good. I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a weird little interlude. Maybe it just didn't, didn't play to the whole plot to have her go to the cops, but it yeah. is, it's weird. Of course, you kind of find out at the end that she's kind of in the middle of all of it anyways. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's an unusual reveal that she uh, she ends up betraying the resistance yeah. after kind of joining the resistance. And that's I think, again, it's weird. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. What you got? Um, well, I think that was me, wasn't it? Was that you? Well, yeah, it's kind of both the, of us because. OK, well, I can do I can one. jump in. Yeah. Oh, OK. No, go me. Uh, how about what's the matter, baby? (laughs) (laughs) Skipping all the way to the end. Yeah, all the way to the end, man, where Roddy Piper's destroyed the satellite, killed the signal that's uh, hiding all the aliens on the planet. And this guy and girl are going to town and uh, she's riding cowboy. And she looks down and uh, he's an alien. And she kind of reacts and goes, What's the matter, baby? <laughs> I, that could have been Roddy Piper, too. Sounded like him. It's very Californian. It's very David Lee Roth, Roddy, Roddy, <laughs> D, Rod, Roddy Lee Roth. Roddy Lee Roth. Right there with, uh, with Ronald, Ronald James Reagan. Bozy, bozy, bop. <laughs> like a rainbow in the dark. Like a rainbow in the dark. All right, so next one I have is after they meet with the resistance. Uh, we we talked about it looking like final fight. Well, here's another yeah. video game for you, Operation Wolf. I know if you ever went to an arcade in the '80s, there was the Operation Wolf game. It had the machine gun. You were shooting down. There were the commandos coming at you with knives and other guns. And and there's a there's an ambush that occurs when the resistance are there. You know, Frank comes in. Nada goes in. They 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 get some weapons from the table. They get one of those fancy watches, and then um, they the resistance gets raided, and they end up in an alley. And it's just like Operation Wolf, man. The two of them are at one end, and then like just just uh, alien commandos like on on fire escapes and behind yeah. trash cans, and yeah. and it's just like this big long machine gun scene before one of them decides, hey, I got this watch. Let's see where it takes us. Yep, and. Talking earlier, I sent you this message because I was watching it again, but we forgot to even bring this up. It's not neither one of our notes, but we've got our favorite actor of all time in this movie for like three seconds. Al Long is in this movie. That's right. Uncle Al. Uncle Al. You know, the the guy that was Genghis Khan and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The guy that was uh, eating candy bars uh, from the the vending stand in uh, uh, Die Hard. Yeah brushing his head with the toilet brush. 
Uh, I mean, he's a big trouble little China. He's in everything we love. So everything. He, he's got the hell mean lifetime achievement award. Uh, that's how much we think of this guy. But yeah, he's he, in there for just a few seconds, man. He's like the main bad guy in the hard hunted series. You know, those, those movies that they made for Cinemax to be played no earlier than 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> I think they got, they got two things with their, with their, uh, with their budget. It wasn't a screenplay and, and it wasn't good actors. They got Al Long and a helicopter. Maybe what else you need? Boat. What else you need, man? You need some stuff, but you know, not to make hard hunted <laughs> movies. That's not why people watched. Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure there's other reasons if it was on that late at night. True. <laughs> All right. You got anything else? Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say that I, I'm distracted by the concept that Frank has a family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's I got a wife and kids. You do? You have a wife and kids? <laughs> you live in a homeless shelter and, and you made friends with this uh, drifter and you have a where are your wife and kids? I think he might mention that they're not there when he goes and, and stays with Nada in that uh, hotel room for yep. a little bit after they've, they've uh, determined, you know, that he's made him wear the glasses and, and Frank's now on board. But, um, but yeah, the wife and kids are only mentioned in the dialogue. They don't really play a part in the plot. Yeah. And he brings it up as an excuse several times. <laughs> you know, got a wife and kids, man. I got, I got a wife and kids, man. I can, I, hey, that's none of our business. I got a wife and kids. Someday, I want to get back to that wife and kids. Yeah, not today or next week, nah. but someday. Yeah, so I fine. can't get involved. They got a can of cheese whiz. They got it made. And in typical you know, Keith David form, too, he's like, I don't want to get involved. <laughs> yeah, he's he's great voice, man. Yeah. Keith David. I can't be talking to you. <laughs> You out of your mind. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's see. I, I just, this is, I just got this wrote on here, but the alien flight deck to me is, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's cheese ball. <laughs> it's funny, but I love it, man. Cause it's like, could be Star Trek, <laughs> could be Evil Dead 2 when his dead skeletal wife is at their desk and she goes, ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, plot explanation bum shows up and, and and walks them around in the catacombs that are just like a parking garage. Oh, it's all right, guys. You can let us through. You know me. Plot explanation bum. And they, they walk through several checkpoints. And then there's the, uh, this landing pad where people just, you know, yep. there was his where they go to other planets that they've taken over just like ours. Man, I mean, they get their—they get their suitcase or a briefcase or whichever. And they just stand on that platform and go, "Bing!" and they're gone. Go off to work, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's definitely well, and it's it's a great because it's not a bad effect. Yeah, it's just kind of it's just kind of weird. Yeah, so like here we are underground on the landing platform to go out in space. <laughs> I with mean, our briefcases. You can, the the platform they're at, you can see. Other planets. I mean, <laughs> it was like, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're just on a balcony in this building. How, how is that possible? But okay. 
And they're all dressed like they 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 belong on the cover of the uh, the handbook for the recently deceased in Beetlejuice, man. <laughs> like with the suit, and if I remember correctly, which I might not, yeah. you know, I'm kind of picturing like a Clark Kent kind of mm-hmm. image. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your typical, you know, run of the mill business guy. You know, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're all in business. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Um. I just wanted to say that, you know, as, as far as a uh, budget goes, I wanted to point out that their communicators in the lower decks were, were uh, PKE meters from Ghostbusters painted yep. black. They were actually that, uh, it's one of the, the, uh, the facts about the show. And, uh, and I thought it was, it was fun that they did that. Of course, I, I, I immediately knew they were, but yeah, I guess if you were an audience at that point, it hadn't been quite used as much. So, All right. Which you just Fun. gave us a great leadway into what we'll do next too. That was awesome. Yeah. See, see, I'm I'm on board with with some segues. Oh, are you now? Creative segues. Oh, <laughs> uh, so normally here we would do a rating, which we just decided that Ming said that those are kind of bogus because we wouldn't even talk about these movies if we didn't like them. So right. a rating is pointless. So pointless. what we are gonna do. Absolutely pointless. What we are going to do is a new thing called fact. Get fact with Rick and Danny. And to bring that in, we've got some friends, some fellow podcasters introducing this new skit for you right now. Hey, everyone. It's Brian. And Jamie from Horror in the House of Salmons. And it's time to get fact with Rick and Danny. Later. I like to play with things a while before annihilation. That sound like me? Yeah, it was like he's right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian and Jamie, man, I I love those folks, man. Uh, got to work with them for a little bit. We were doing Dude Looks Like the 80s there for a little bit. Uh, man, they are podcasting machines. Great, great friends. Lots of fun. And definitely go check out their new show, Horror in the House of, of Salmon. Uh Fun, fun stuff. Any, anything that they're involved with is always top notch. So, good bunch yeah, of people. That that part, that skit that they just did was about thirty seconds long, and and it it was a lot of fun. So, can you can imagine what they could do with real time? Oh yeah, yeah. Great, great show. Great, great people. So, the the objective of this, folks, is something new we want to try. This is where we're going to give you some facts of the movie, and you have to determine which one is the real one. That's right. And right. as you know, here at Hailman, we like to have some fun. And sometimes that means we're not actually telling the truth. So this is your chance to try and ferret out which is the truth and which is the, the, is the lie right. in the facts about this movie. Yep. So you're about to get fact and you got to pick out, you, you have to give us a message or a Facebook page or whatever, and let us know which one you think is the true one. And if you win, you get prizes. We're going. We're actually going out on the limb. Ming has already gave us uh, a, a a credit card where we can come down and, and buy movies, or at least steal them from people. So yeah. if you win, you chances are you're going to get this DVD set, Blu-ray set, right? Let's get it where it'll stay in focus here. It's the Stanley Kubrick set, which keeps disappearing. That's part of its appeal. That's part it of it because uh, it's, it's transparent. It, it's got a cloaking device. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2001 Clockwork Orange and The Shining Blu-ray set 
But when you open it up, the only disc in it is a copy of Werewolf versus the Vampire Women. <laughs> See, that's where it's at. Right. So if you're interested in just having a case for some cool movies, but a not so great movie inside of it, or if you just want a really bad movie in a cool case, here it's it is. All you, you got to do is pick the right one. Pick the one that's the truth. So, Danny, go ahead and give us one of your facts. All right. I've got two facts and yeah. one one falsehood. So my first fact is um, <clears throat> you're not Frank supposed to tell Arm- them. You're not supposed to tell them because we've all got we've all got facts. They're, they're supposed to figure out which one's the, the true one. Yeah, but, but one of, I was just telling them how many are. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to call them all facts. Whether they're true or not is up to you to decide. Right. I'm not going to say, here's your falsehood. No, I'm not going to do right. that. So and we're, here's we're the only first supposed to have two apiece, but now we got five. So there here's you go. the first. He's breaking fact. the rules. <laughs> here's the first fact. <clears throat> Hoffman lenses are mentioned uh, by Gilbert and the resistance. It's a reference to Albert Hoffman, the scientist who discovered LSD. Yeah. Hoffman lenses let you see the truth or at least get, you know, trippy. <laughs> All right. You want me to go with mine next? Yeah. All right. So the first one I've got is Meg Foster's father, Harlan Foster, was one of the co-creators of Foster Grant Eyewear, which are which made the glasses that were actually used in this movie. But not Rachel Foster. Not Rachel Foster. Meg Foster's father. It's different. Harlan. Okay. okay. Harlan Foster. Sure. Yeah. All right. Originally, John Candy was was portioned to play the character Nada, and the original line was, "I'm here to chew bubblegum." That's it. That, that, I'm here to chew bubblegum. I'm here to chew the bubblegum. And that's all. Right. It's like, what's wrong with your face, lady? You okay? He's such a nice. Yeah, he was just too nice for the role. Really. Right. Right. So I've got uh, when they were going through this and they already had to cast and everybody going. Uh, Roddy Piper went through 48 different styles of sunglasses. They made him try all these different styles to find the right ones that would work for the movie. So they went through 48 different styles of sunglasses before picking the one that he chose to wear, choose to wear in the movie. So 48 different styles of glasses. So we could have had some like Elton John glasses or so that'd been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he could wear a feather boa and have like some, some sequin sunglasses. <laughs> Big gap. Be a different kind of movie. Some Bootsy Collins glasses. That'd been awesome. You know, I'm kind of wanting to see this version now. All right. My last fact is Frank Armitage is listed as the screenwriter. Uh, This is an HP Lovecraft character, and it was a pseudonym for John Carpenter, who uh, used that pseudonym because it was an HP Lovecraft character as an homage to one of his favorite sci-fi writers. Frank Armitage. There you go. So there you go, folks. There's your uh, there's your facts, and you can send us a message or private messages, or we'll try to ignore them in all ways possible. But get them out there to us. Let us know which one, and you could be the winner of this transparent movie 
that, that if I, hey, I just hold it up against me, it does it like that. There you go. If I said you had a beautiful Blu-ray, would you hold it against me? Yeah, man. Werewolf so, versus the Vampire Women, right there, folks. There it is. You just, just for you. You can't not put it. You were just talked about how you got to keep it close, and here you are, just presenting a sandwich. <laughs> You're trying to hand them a sandwich, aren't you? Right. Absolutely, man. Speaking of sandwich, folks, here we are. What you've been waiting for? Our interview with Meg Foster. Make make welcome Meg Foster, everybody. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for taking time to be with us today, Meg. Okay, uh, so you've had a pretty great career. To tell us about some of your favorite highlights of things you've done. Um, so, Meg, you know what was it like working with the great John Carpenter? Go, go, movie, movie. Movie magic. Movie magic. Boop. Boop. I'm, I'm sure he, he feels the same. Uh, well, um, Meg, we're about out of time. Uh, but before you go, I wanted to ask you about uh, your, your, your experience being in Masters of the Universe. How was that experience? Shoes. Shoes. Thank, thanks for being with us today. Thanks. It's been a treat. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Mark of the Hail Ming Power Hour. Today's movie is They Live, and although it's a silly little sci-fi movie, it actually does touch on some deep subjects such as capitalism, consumerism, and the weaponization of advertising. As this gives me the opportunity to do so, I'd like to have a serious conversation about some of these issues, starting with the concept of subliminal advertising. When one says subliminal advertising, they tend to think of things Listen to Hail Ming Power Hour. 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 But even with no space signal being blasted into your brain, this is still leads into a capitalist mindset. And that clearly Buy Hail Ming Merchandise. Buy Hail Ming Merchandise. Buy Hail Ming Merchandise. Buy. Hail Ming merchandise. Which has real geopolitical ramifications. Now, this is just my opinion, and you're free to disagree with me, but I believe... Mark is a sexy beast. 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 And with that in mind, you would want to... Hey, uh, Mark, we, we need you to stop broadcasting. There's a problem with the signal. Really? Uh, I didn't see any issues on my end. It seems to be broadcasting okay. No, I mean, there's a problem with the other signal. Oh. Oh. Okay. So, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I'm... Sexy Beast. With Hail Ming Power Hour, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. 
Mama don't like tattletales. Hey, you looking for a place where the inner secrets of cinema are revealed? Where movie spoilers fill the air? Well, if you follow that stairs behind that movie screen, you'll find the Spoiler Room Podcast. In the Spoiler Room, film fans, critics, and even filmmakers talk about the thing that they love most, movies. You'll hear discussions on films old and new, cult classics, indies, and more. And you'll want to check out their specials menu, too. Every year, there's a special series of discussions that will definitely be to your liking. You'll even find interviews with actors, actresses, and directors occasionally. So tune on in to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or even Google Podcasts. You can even find more at SpecialMarkProductions.com or on our Patreon channel at Patreon.com slash SpecialMarkProductions. Head on down the stairs, pull up a chair, and stay a while in the Spoiler Room Podcast, where the conversation is fresh, uh, but they do spoil the movies. They're chic. They're styles. And you won't believe your eyes. Meg Foster Grant Eyewear. Who needs blue blockers when you've got Meg Foster Grants? So don't be a lame-o. Step in style with Meg Foster Grant Eyewear. You won't believe your eyes. All right, everybody, there you go. The return episode straight from the heart of the matter right here at War Rocket Ajax. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and you need to check out They Live if you've never watched it before. And if you have watched it before, you need to watch it again. That's right. We did, and we enjoyed every single minute of it. Absolutely. So, Thanks for everybody checking us out. Thanks for being patient with us, just like Roddy Piper, for us to come back and get stuff going. We had a lot of issues. We don't like to talk about all that kind of stuff, but computers dying and losing everything, <laughs> losing everything we had. We ain't going to talk about all that. But uh, we hope you had a good time, and we hope that next episode... Oh, crap. It's fine. Yeah. Here we go. You two are at risk of being destroyed by Emperor Ming himself if you do not complete your mission. Hey, hey, Clytus, you you don't have to use the voice, man. I mean, it's everything's cool. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. The cam- cameras are completely off. Oh, cool. So, hey, guys, what's happening? I just caught that last transmission, and you have to send me a copy of They Live. I need to check that out. Yeah, we'll do it as soon as we can. Uh, you know, so I see you got some of those sunglasses. Oh yeah, the Meg Foster Grants and I have to say, aliens are among us too. I saw one the other day buying a hot dog. <laughs> that that that's disturbing. <laughs> the reason I called though, and even though I love the swag you're sending me, I don't know how long I can keep Ming at bay. He really wants to blow that planet up. So if you guys could, you know, just set part of it on fire or something, just so I can show that you're doing something. Uh, sure, man. I, I, I think we can do that. I don't, don't think it's a problem. Yeah, I'm, uh, sure. I'm, I'm sure we can set something on fire. Maybe Addis Ababa. 
Hey, guys, that would be perfect. Clytus, stop talking to those knuckleheads and come back to bed. Oh, guys, I need to go. We'll catch up later. Okay. Uh, so, if you notice an unusual explosion or fire in Addis Ababa, we had to do it. Yeah, we'll try and make it small. Yeah, it's very, small very small. Possible. It's very small rocks. Just something, just something you know, yeah. to prove that we're, you know, still here. Yeah, we got to keep our job, folks. But you got to remember, you can count on my stool. <laughs> Makes it all better. Every time. Oh, you got anything, Danny? No, but other than... Uh, Hope you enjoy the show. Uh, come back. We'll keep bringing new things to you. It's it's um, it's hard work, but at least it's uh, it's it's unmonetized. Yep. So check out everything at Legion Podcast. Go to Legion's webpage or royal page. Go to Legion's YouTube page and check out all the stuff there, which is where you're going to kind of find this at. So if you're looking for this, chances are we'll have a link in the description when you see it posted. But at the same time, you can just go to Legion podcast on the YouTube and you'll find us there and uh, check out all the other shows, man. All of our brothers and sisters at Legion podcast. And give them some love. And while you're at it, check out whatever we have going. We have several episodes before this one. And all this is a change. You know, you can look back and see if your loves and likes align with ours. If you're not familiar with you already. Absolutely. So, till next time, folks, we will check you later. No, no, no.